0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mastering College to Career Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Botero, and in this podcast, we help college students just like you get internships and job offers from top companies. In this podcast, we explore topics such as networking, interviewing, resume writing, and many other topics that will get you those jobs. Not only do I speak on these topics myself, but I also interview other subject matter experts including CEOs, university presidents, and Fortune 500 executives. We also interview college students just like you in the hopes that you can relate to their stories and learn from their journey. So if you're a college student looking to get ahead, look no further and welcome to the Mastering College to Career podcast. Alright so before we get started I want to take a couple of seconds to tell you about the Mastering College to Career Academy. The Academy is a mentoring program that helps college students land the jobs of their dreams before they graduate. In this academy I will teach you application hacks that will automatically help you beat over 90% of all other job applicants. Networking tactics that will give you access to the hidden job market where over 80% of jobs are filled. Interview techniques. That will practically guarantee you make it through every round of the interviews and win the offer. And I will also connect you with my network of thousands of HR professionals and hiring managers that love hiring my students. So if you're interested in learning more about this program, just send me a message and let's see if the academy is a good fit for you. All right, welcome, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College to Career Podcast. And today we're just gonna have a conversation with a fellow entrepreneur that I've connected with through LinkedIn. Uh, I have Brendan Fong in the show today. And Brendan is someone, I was looking at his, at his content. I love it because we have so many similar interests and we, we love networking. Even when we're recording this podcast, I could admire his books behind him. And there's like the same books that I have. And so I'm looking forward to having a conversation where a very like-minded individual and talking about how networking, reading, and just how do we get the most out of life and improve overall? So, Brandon, welcome to the show. How are you doing, my friend?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Super excited to be here and super excited for where this conversation is going to go.
0: Well, let's get started, man. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah. So this, I always like to start at the very, very beginning. People are like, whoa, that's way beginning. I'm like, yeah, I like to start at the beginning. So <laughs> my, my story starts in uh, middle school is where I usually like to start. And the idea behind this is that my, my least favorite part of the entire school day is when I would go through the lunch checkout line because uh, I had a little secret that I was trying to hide, and that that secret was that my family qualified for free and reduced lunch. So I would do everything I possibly could to hide the fact that my friends would be behind me, and the lunch lady would type in my meal and it would show a big zero next to my name, and I was just so embarrassed by that. I would I would hide out in the bathroom. I would try to distract my friends, you know, anything to prevent them from discovering my secret. But then um, I, I realized that it was something that i used to be frustrated for my parents about like we didn't have the resources but eventually i became so grateful for that and how my parents raised me because it taught me to be resourceful so i was the kid that you probably saw in high school i was selling my pokemon cards i was selling my my wii games or whatever whatever it is i could do because it's like we couldn't afford it so if i wanted contacts i had to figure out a way to pay for contacts so um it was that theme went all throughout my my life and i've always looked for non-traditional ways to approach challenges Including college, so that's why I'm excited to dive in more about non-traditional ways to leverage your college experience, networking stuff that I've done. But but that was the beginning of the story, and then I'll I'll kind of go a little bit faster, and you can dive in however however you want me to expound upon things. But went throughout uh, college, and I had a goal to start a company by the time I graduated. So my freshman year, launch a startup, ended up finding out that one of my roommates was using. The money to pay for college tuition, so and he was my roommate, so that got to be pretty awkward. Uh, so that that didn't continue. And then I wrote a book my sophomore year, and I was like, "This is it. This is going to be my thing." I got a feature from Huffington Post, a review from Kevin Harrington on Shark Tank, and then I'm like, "I'm a, I'm I'm a big deal now." You know, I got a book, <laughs> and it still it still wasn't enough to sustain me after I graduated. And then senior year, I was like, "Crap, I have no idea what I'm going to do." So this is where I'm excited to talk Daniel and talk about some of these non-traditional networking strategies and creating a job because I ended up just finding an entrepreneur that was exactly where I wanted to be in my career, my health and relationships. And I developed a strategy to reach out to him, ended up connecting with him and running the marketing for his entire business for three years. We partnered together and launched a course together that did very, very well in January, 2019. And so, yeah, again, it goes very back to the beginning of being in middle school and learning how to be resourceful. So I'm excited to dive in and talk a little bit more about how we can challenge people to get out of the comfort zone and do some cool things. Let's do it. So let
0: me ask you a question. If you can um, describe one superpower that you think you have, what do you think that superpower is? Or not even a superpower, but what is the one thing that you think you can attribute your success to the most?
1: So it's funny that you asked that because I've been doing lots of reflection on how I could begin to articulate that. So now you're, you're, you're testing me because I've been, I've been actually doing the last two weeks like researching my my strengths finder profile my colby profile what my friends have been saying but i think i think my superpower is winning and and i i i help people win and i help companies win so like again it goes back to being resourceful it's like i always had to figure out problems from a very young age and the thing that that inspires me about winning is i don't like winning to beat other people but i like winning because i love the process of winning i love figuring out a goal and reverse engineering and optimizing and building. And I love watching other people win. So that's kind of my superpower is I, I figure out ways to win. Even if I lose quote unquote, I'm, I'm pulling out resources and ideas that I can use to win later. And I love collecting resources. That's so why I got these books back here so that I can help and share other people to win as well. So that's, that's my superpower is helping other people to win.
0: And how much of that, ha- how much, has winning like when did you have that mentality of winning like wanting to win and want to help in others to win when did, when do you think you that crafted in, in your mindset and the
1: way you live life? um i i can't you know that's something i need to actually you know what here's here's an example because like I, I realized that winning is something that is has been kind of like a thread and so like the earliest memory i have of winning uh and this ties into like my other obsession is productivity and efficiency and stuff like that but in in first grade we had johnny Appleseed day you know when all the kids wear like the pots on their head (laughs) and uh so we had a we had a competition for creating apple trees it was like a like you cut out a piece of paper and you had to glue apples that you cut out on a tree and that the apples were supposed to have a word on them or something along those lines and i just remember all these other kids like cutting out the tree and then cutting out one apple and then gluing the one apple and then sticking the apple on the tree And uh, I, I mass produced it. I would, I would, you know, stack the paper on top of each other. I cut out 10 trees at once and I would cut 90 apples and I just destroyed (laughs) everyone else. That's like the earliest memory I have of looking at a problem and being like, what can I do differently and how can I be more efficient about this? And so that, that's probably my earliest memory of figuring out, you know, looking behind the challenge and looking for different ways to solve the problem that people may not have thought about.
0: So one of the things that you mentioned is talking about like non-traditional routes after you graduate college. And when I when I mentor a lot of students and I work with a lot of students, a lot of them have this like top Fortune 500 companies that they want to work for. And right now, as we record this podcast, and even when we launch this podcast, we're in the middle of a uh, of COVID. A lot of those large companies that students want to work for are currently not hiring. But you know the ones who are hiring are smaller, medium sized companies, a lot of you know, fast growing internet companies. But students don't know how to access those companies. So what are your tell us a little bit more about, you know, the non-traditional paths that you that you went through and some of those paths that you've seen that students can currently take and take advantage of during these times.
1: Yeah, there's so much to unpack here. But I guess I'll I'll start with my story and how I ended up landing my dream position with Jonathan. His name is Jonathan Levy. So, so, I mean, this wasn't that long ago. I'm 24. You know, I, I graduated like most people like in 2018. So it was two years ago. Um, and I, I, just like, I looked at this person that I was like, oh my gosh, he's got 250,000 students in his online courses. He's got a TEDx talk. He's got 3 million downloads on his podcast. Like who am I as some college student to add value and connect with somebody like this and at this level. Um, but I didn't let it stop me. So what I did is I, I went and I, I went on his website. I have a marketing background and like I've always been interested in solving problems for companies. So I went and I identified a whole bunch of things that I'm like, I think I have the ability or I know I have the ability to fill these in for you and solve these problems. So I, I went and I researched all these different things. I'm like, hey, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. These are a few things that I think I can add a lot of value to. And then I, I, as, the, as the bow on top of it, I said, I don't want to be paid for it. So here he had this person that was super excited, you know, passionate about his work, identified areas that he knew he needed help with. And I'm like, I don't even want to be paid for it. So that's how I got my foot in the door. And uh, that turned into a huge relationship of me helping to grow the company. And like I said, I ended up running the marketing for that entire company for three, three years, but it came from me identifying a place that I could give that was in alignment with my skills and abilities and presenting it in a way that was like an irresistible offer for him. And so, Whether or not you're looking at doing that for a company like that, or you know, kind of the more path of finding an influencer—I don't like using the word influence that much—but somebody else that you want to reach out to. I think there's still lots to be said about being proactive and identifying areas where you can specifically add value to a company instead of just like applying for the job and just kind of hoping that they're going to tell you what to do. Because like just by the approach of saying this is how I want to add value to you and this is what I can do, um, you're going to be put in an entirely different category than if you're just somebody that's sitting in. Uh, Submitting applications.
0: I think it's so important. I I talk about this in my mentoring program, and I talk about like understanding that regardless if it's a Fortune five hundred company or a small mom and pop uh, store, every company has limited resources, and because they have limited resources, every time they hire someone or they want to hire someone, it's an investment. Because if they're putting this money to pay for you, they can't buy. They can't buy more marketing. They can't outsource uh, accounting. They can't. uh, Etc. They can't buy a new piece of software. And so like anybody else, whenever you're investing, you want to make sure that it's low risk, high reward, as best as you can. And as a student, what you want to do is that you want to go and show the company why you're a good investment. Right. And I think the best way to do that is to create in a PPP, a potential proof pro- uh, project. Which is essentially what you did. You you identify the problem. Hey, why is this company either hiring or why why they should hire me? Right. And then identify the problem that the company has and how you have either the solution or the potential to solve the problem. You know, a lot of times you can't solve the problem for them because you might not have the resources or the know-how or because of the company has itself. But do you have the potential to solve it? And in your scenario, I think even when you are looking at like what you did right find somebody who's achieved the goal that you want to do and you know you want to learn from them and you want to add value back so you went ahead and found opportunities of where you can solve a problem for him so that it is a win-win situation and everybody wins so i love that example and and how students can do that and i think it's even easier for a student to do it as you're early on in your college career because you can you have more time to do this without asking for pay. And the longer you do that, I think the more equity you build with these individuals and the more you will win long-term. It's like an investment and you're, you're, you're getting, you know, you, the more you hold your money in that investment, the more return you can potentially get.
1: Yeah. And the, the other interesting part of the story that I realized I didn't share is that I offered to do this project for Jonathan and he said, I want to pay you for it. And I, I still rejected that. And to me, the value of the relationship and showing that I was coming from a place of giving was more important than any kind of monetary compensation. And so that, that just turned, you know, the trust factor was just so ridiculously increased by my doing that. And so it's a, it was a long-term play for me. It was something that I was invested in and it just turned into a natural conversation of like, okay, you know, this is clearly a fit, how can we make this work? And I think that any company, if they come across the right person, they will create a position for you. <laughs> you know, like if they identify that you have the right skills and abilities to really help their company grow, they, the the position may not even be something they ever thought of creating. But if they can fulfill that need with this skill set, and like you said, it's an investment. So they're looking at you, and if if you can create a better ROI than you know what you're asking for as far as your salary and time and resources and stuff like that, they're more than happy to create something for you. And so that's that's the the biggest thing that I think is really important for people to realize is that if you are resourceful enough and if you are willing to do non-traditional ways of reaching out to people, you can create a position. And I don't know, uh, Daniel, based on your experience of, if this is, as relevant in super big fortune 500 companies or, or for smaller companies, but at least from what I've experienced that, you know, showing up from that perspective and like, if you are talking to the right people too, you have to talk to the right people to make that happen. Um, you know, you can, you can create some incredible opportunities for yourself.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that because like, it is a little bit different when we're talking about large organizations because they just have a lot of more red tape where they can't just say, Hey, come in and work for free. You showed the potential. A lot of times there's a lot of HR paperwork that companies have to do because of liability purpose and, and all this stuff. So it is a little bit more difficult, but there still doesn't take the, it still doesn't change the fact that you can still show them and make it easier for them to see why they should hire you and why you solve the problem that they're looking, that they currently have. And why they're hiring for that potential uh, the position when you're looking at it more of when you're working with an entrepreneur and you're reaching out directly to entrepreneurs they're more scrappy they they see when someone's driven and they're they have more flexibility and to do that and so um i've interviewed a couple of um 5000 ceos and when both both of the ones that have been on the podcast recently in the last 50 episodes when i asked them that question if a student did something very similar to what you share right would you hire them in the position and they're like the number one reason that is holding their growth is the hiring the right people. And if someone comes and shows me why me paying them $50,000 brings me 10 or three or five X the value in my company, it becomes a no brainer. If they can create a value within the company, then it becomes a no brainer. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming that you developing and saying, Hey, this is the tweaks that I think we could do with your marketing and that marketing would generate this many more customers, would generate this many more revenue Then even though you didn't ask for money up front, when you did get paid, it was very, very easy. It's probably the easiest uh, paycheck to write for his company. Yeah,
1: yeah. and also from like you said, the, I like the distinction between smaller entrepreneurs and bigger companies. Especially for smaller entrepreneurs too, what I realized is that like I basically replaced Jonathan within his company, and so that freed him to go to the next level and figure <sighs> out what else the the company should be doing. And so sometimes it's, it's also, it's easy to look at the monetary value that you bring, but there are other, other areas where you can add insane value to an entrepreneur as well. It's like, not only was I, was I helping with his marketing and br- building that out, but I freed him to the next level of his business where he wasn't writing the emails as much, where he wasn't working on the marketing funnels where he just got to show up and work within his, his unique ability, which is also insanely valuable.
0: And that's, that's the key right there. That's adding so much value to it. Uh, overall if you can do that like if someone came to me and said hey Daniel I'm gonna allow you to instead of working so much in the business work on the business like on the strategy level that's priceless and if the business grows to with a vision that I have to grow there's no doubt that that person will get their fair share of you know of profits or whatever you know the business grows to so I love it Hey, Daniel here. Before we get to the second half of the episode, I want to share with you an amazing success story of David, one of the students that just gone through my academy. Enjoy.
2: Hey guys, David here, and I just got the internship of my dreams, and I wouldn't have been able to do it if it wasn't for the help of Daniel and the Master in College to Career Academy. Before the program, I had been looking for an internship for about two years, and I didn't get anywhere. I sent out more than 100 applications, got called back for five interviews, all of which led nowhere. Then I met Daniel who introduced me to his program and my progress skyrocketed. Uh, Daniel had has been a recruiter. He's been out there, he knows what works. Um, he knows what recruiters like. And with those tips that he gave to me, I was able to do way better and immediately start putting you know, his teachings into practice and getting called back for interviews and offers. Um, it was wild. I'd never imagined that it would be as successful as it was. Um, if there's anyone out there that was like me when I was looking for internships and not getting anywhere, I highly, highly, highly recommend. I can't recommend it enough that you become a part of this program. Uh, Daniel, you know, Daniel offers a a money back guarantee. If you don't like the program or if you can't get a job, which is insane, you know, like <laughs> it gives you no reason not to do it. If your life will be better and you'll end up getting making more money because of it anyway, right? So you know, what are you waiting for? Give it a shot. It'll make your life better. I promise. Uh, thanks again to Daniel and the, the awesome program that he made. I owe my life and my future to him.
0: If you want me to help you reach your career goals, just contact me. And now let's get back to the rest of the show. You definitely, I agree with you 100%. Now, li- students listening to this, they agree with us, right? They're like, all right, I'm willing to do this, but I don't even know how to reach out to these individuals. Now let's talk about networking. How do we start? Where do we go? What do we do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. There's, there's two answers to this, this uh, two, two parts to this answer. The way I like to describe it is like an iceberg, right? So, so, you know, at the tip of the iceberg, what most people are like, okay, what are the words that I need to say to reach out to this person, right? And that's very, very important. You need to say the right things. But the example I always like to give is like if Bill Gates sent an email to any company on the planet and the subject line was talk and the the body copy was how about Friday at 2 p.m. You can guarantee if it was actually Bill Gates and obviously is an extreme example, but if if that actually happened, it didn't really matter with what he said. He had so much brand credibility and authority behind the email, behind the words on the email that it, it gave even more clout and authority to to, to the outreach. So it's not necessarily just the words on the page. The bottom of the iceberg is the brand that you're building, your online reputation and the skill sets that you have that allow you to send a more powerful message. There's really two components to it. There's the brand building and then how you reach out. Um, the, the top part, the iceberg, or the top of the iceberg, the how you reach out is, is also very critical. And I actually wrote a whole new book on that called The Magic Connection Method that shows my process for reaching out to anyone cold. Um, so actually, I, I'm on this podcast, Daniel, because I reached out to you using the magic connection method, and and, and so so you actually got to see and experience it work. But um, I don't know if you wanted me to dive into the three specific parts of that, or yeah, let's do it because that
0: was definitely that was gonna be my follow up question. So why don't you yeah. tell us a little bit more about your book and the in the three steps?
1: Yeah, so there, there's three components to any outreach, and um, the very first part is what I call the hook. So the the hook is basically how are you relating to the person that you're reaching out to? Because I guarantee anybody listening to this or Daniel, you and I can go through our LinkedIn profiles or our Facebook messages and we have thousands of messages, maybe that's an exaggeration, but hundreds of messages of people saying, you know, I do X, Y, Z, let me connect with you. And it's like, it's me, 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 me. Like, and and it just, I, it just makes me want to puke. In fact, I, I take screenshots of those and I have a, I have a folder where it's like crappy LinkedIn outreach <laughs> and I use it as an example for what not to do. But that's the big problem that I see people make is like they say it's all about them. Like you can clearly tell that they're trying to get something out of it. So basically where, where I'm going with that is the very, very first part of the email. Most people are like, my name is Brandon Vong and I've done X, Y, Z. At this point, they don't care. They really don't care. So the very first part of the email is all about them. It's, it's what, like, you know, for, for you, Daniel, like I listened to your podcast. I was like, this is the value that I got from this, how we started this conversation. We were talking about, you know, the the insights that I learned from a, a previous episode. And so that any way that you can compliment them, give them a genuine compliment. If you have a mutual connection, that's a huge one. Uh, if you have a shared experience, if, if, um, you know, you got results as a, as a result of implementing some of the suggestions. that's all part of the hook. And that's really, really important that you're making it about them. Um, the second part is what I call the stupid. Yes. Right. So what this is, again, what's in it for them, what's, what's in it for them for responding to this email. Um, and so as an example, I'll use the outreach that I, the email that I sent to you, Daniel, you know, I said, I, I came up with three specific top podcast topic ideas that I think would be very, very valuable for your listeners. And then, and so so that was, a, you know, I, I framed it a little bit better, better than that because I, I don't see the email, but that was like the stupid win for you is like, I, I know that there's lots of value that I can add to your listeners. And so that was a stupid yes for you. And then the last part of the email, so you got the hook, right? So I said, you know, uh, Daniel, I love your podcast so much. Here's the value that I can add for you. And then the last part is what I call the no oriented question. And this is something I learned from Chris Boss, who uh, is, he wrote the book Never Split the Difference. He's an ex FBI hostage negotiator. So, the dude that's talking down, like somebody is about to blow up a building and stuff like that. But basically what he says is that we have a finite amount of yeses that we can give in a day. Cause every single time you say yes to something, you are giving away time, you're giving away money, you're giving away energy, you're giving away effort, anything. So anytime you say yes to something, you are foregoing, you know, one of those things that I just mentioned, but at the same time, it's, so it's a lot easier to say no to things. So, so we'll bring this all together, instead of asking yes, oriented questions, like, uh, can I, can I come on this podcast, Daniel, or whatever it is? The question that I asked would, was, um, would you be, uh, would you be offended if I sent over those three podcast topic ideas? So, so again, now how the email looks is like, Hey, Daniel loved the podcast. This is all the results that I got from listening to it. I have three specific ideas that I can use to uh, topic ideas that I can help your audience with. Would you be offended if I sent over those three ideas for you to check out? So now, so the, what I've realized is that the bigger the gap that you can make between the yes, basically what they get out of it and the action that they have to take to respond to it, the better your results are going to be. So, you know, you receiving that email, Daniel, all you had to do was say, yes, I'm interested. Or, or no, no, you wouldn't say, yes, I'm interested. You say, no, that's not a bad idea. Send the podcast topic ideas over. So like I made the resistance very, very low for you to respond to that email. And so the, the same thing can be made for, you know, any kind of outreach It's the same thing. How do you build credibility in the beginning by showing that you care about them? What is the win or the, the stupid yes that they get as a result of it? And then what is the note oriented question at the end Um, and then the, the, the final caveat that I'm, I'm learning is like the, the, the best part about this method too, is the clear that you can make the, the, them picture the yes in their mind, the better. So like when I, when I said to you, Daniel, um, you know, I came up with three podcast topic ideas. Would you be offended if I sent them over in your mind? There's something very, very clear that you're saying, yeah, send them over to is you're going to see a document that's going to say, you know, what the podcast topic ideas were or whatever. Uh, so the clear that you can make that the better. So in summary, hook. Stupid. Yes. No oriented question. Um, and that's, that's how I outreach to people. And again, don't put any, I didn't say this again, but don't put anything after the question, any, anything else you ask after the question is going to confuse them. If they're skimming the email, they see at the very bottom, there's a question and they know they have to respond to something. And you made by the structure of this email, by the structure of this outreach, you made it very, very easy for them to respond to it because there's something in it for them. And there's very, very low commitment that they have to give at this point. So the goal, of the first email is always getting them to respond. It's not can we go get coffee? It's not. Can we have a meeting? It's not anything th- like that. It's very, very specific and granular that they can respond to. That they know isn't going to have a lot of their time invested as a result of responding to that email.
0: I loved the, there, how much there's so much psychology oh, yeah. into this into this uh, outreach method. Um, I have a very similar outreach method that I teach my students, and it, I think we share a lot of the same principles. And it's about making it about them, finding the commonality, and really is. Focusing on them, like I really do believe, networking is like a bank account. Like you need to go in and deposit before you can even withdraw. And the way that you wrote that email, you're depositing from the first sentence. You know, you're really making it about them. And I think that's what most students lack. And I think it's because most students are just rushing into it. Like the, that outreach email took time to write, not even to write, but you had to listen to my podcast, which was at least thirty minutes long. So it's not something that you can cold message and send to a hundred people a day. Because it obviously takes time and work. And it's the same strategies. Uh, This same thing applies to when you're doing job search. Like if all you did all day, right, was go and apply online, then all you did was submit the same resume over and over again. Why would a company invest so much of their time and resources into hiring you when you don't even can take enough time to properly apply for a position? And it's the same reason if you can actually take the time to research the decision maker And actually making it about them, research about the company and the positions they have available, you will get a 100% higher return rate on your time and effort than just sending call emails. And I think that's a huge problem that the internet has made is that the internet has made it so much easier for people to apply online, which then has made it so much harder for people to get a really good job online because there's so many more applications. So this this is amazing. So you said you have written a book about this. Where can students get this book?
1: Yeah. They just go to magicconnectionmethod.com. That's, that's on there. And yeah, it's, it's seven bucks. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it, it literally, like, it's like, I, I just poured my heart into it. it. It's really short. I made it more like a workbook. Cause like, I find that the more valuable, the most valuable, like this book that I just read called unique ability, like very short, very, very um, non-dense, but there was so much room for me to journal and reflect on it. So lots of it too. It's like, yeah, you'll learn, learn the specifics of how to use the magic connection method, but also figure out how specifically it's going to apply to your particular situation.
0: I I love it. So I'll definitely put a link on the show notes. If you're interested in getting the book seven bucks, you can't beat that. Um, and then you can definitely learn even more details about the hook, the stupid yes, and the no oriented question. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, what are some final pieces of advice that you have for students listening to this podcast?
1: I'd say, I mean, there, there's really like not that much you have to lose. Like, I mean, like the 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 worst thing you can do is you end up in a position where, you, you know, you don't like it and you have to start again. But like, people are so scared to reach out, you know, like, that's the thing that I, I, I'm very grateful because my parents had me reaching out from a very, very young age. But like, I always think about the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario is that they don't, they don't answer or they tell you that you're an idiot, you know, like if if you could, if you could deal with that, then, you know, nothing is stopping you. Um, so like, that's really important. The other thing I will say, I didn't mention this before, but this is critical is that most people don't respond to the first message. And so people are like, wow, well, you just you just gave me this whole formula of the the hook, the stupid yes/no oriented question, like that's the perfect email, right? Like, no. <laughs> so so the, what's really important is that you follow up on that as well. So like I find that the majority of my responses come from multiple follow-ups. It's not it's not the very first one, but the important part is you you you. you if you spell it out, and I, I say to you, "Hey, I get more results from the follow-ups than the first email," then the, the gut reaction people have is like, "Well, then why does the first email matter? If like all the follow-ups are what's doing the magic?" But that's not the answer. Is that the the first email is so good that the the follow-up emails? All you have to do is just say, "Hey, you know, did you did you get a chance to check this out?" Or, "Hey, just popping this to the top of your email." Like all of them, all they do is just point back to the first email. You're not saying anything else. And I also use more no oriented questions <laughs> uh, in those. So it's like, it'll, it'll be like, you know, Hey, Daniel, just bump me to the top of your inbox. Are you not the right person to talk about for X? So like you would get that and you'd be like, Oh no, I am the right person. And then you respond to us. It. So another, but I, I'm going, you, you asked me a concise question. And I'm going all over the place. So I would say, don't be afraid to reach out to people. Worst case scenario, they don't respond to you, but make sure that you're following up and you really have nothing to lose. Like you can gain so much and there's very, very little that you can lose from reaching out to someone.
0: I think you made such a great important point on the follow-up because most students think that they're being annoying when they're following up, but fail to realize that these professionals get hundreds of emails a day. And so a lot of times they are checking their email on their phone and they glance it and they maybe have the intentions to reply, but just forget out of it. So yeah. out of sight, out of mind. And it's just constant reminders. Look, I promise you, if they were annoyed, they would reply to you. And I don't know that I've had more than in my whole career probably send. Hundreds of thousands of emails, probably all misspelled. <laughs> but um, I probably got in two or three of like, hey, like, don't, you know, like I'm not interested, or like, like I probably got interested. But like, people who are rude to me, less than one percent, like less than point one percent of people actually do that. Um, you're most likely to get ignored than anything. But even so, you, all you need is one yes, and that's what that's the yes that can change your life. Is that one connection that can change your life? So this has been amazing. Um, What is the best way for them to connect with you if they wanna learn more about you and everything that you do?
1: Yeah, I mean, you can go to my site, brandon-fong.com. That'll have the majority of my information. I need to, speaking of doing personal branding, I need to do some updates on my personal site anyways, but you can find find out more information on what I'm up to there. Um, If you are interested in the more entrepreneurial side of things, I am creating a community called Seven Figure Millennials. And the idea behind that is the quote by Jim Rohn, become a millionaire, not for the million dollars, but for what it will make of you to achieve it. So it's a whole community that is focused of people that have big financial goals that are uh, are doing entrepreneurship for the right reasons. Because I've seen entrepreneurship at the high level where people are hating themselves and they're just miserable. (laughs) And so I'm looking to create a conversation around millennial driven entrepreneurs that are pursuing entrepreneurship for the right reasons. So I'm really excited about that. I know you got lots of career focused people, but figured I'd just mention it. Uh, And you you can check that out. If you just search seven figure millennials on Facebook, I'm about to launch a group for that and probably a podcast soon. So you might be hearing out from me, uh, again, Daniel about uh, tips and tips and strategies for that, but, uh, Oh, and you shoot me an email. I'll, I'm, is, I'll put my email out here. BF at Brandon I'd be happy to hear from you and help out your students in any way I can.
0: I love it. So ladies and gentlemen, you heard it all of that information that he shared would be on the show notes. So you can all check that out. And, and Brendan man, this has been an amazing conversation. I even took notes. Um, a lot of the things that I, I i was doing didn't have a name as cool as yours but definitely <laughs> i love the psychology behind it man so thank you so much for being a guest and for everybody listening catch you guys on the next episode awesome thank you all right my friend congratulations for making it all the way to the end of the podcast in the age of short attention span this speaks volumes of you so now if you find value in this episode that i am sure you're going to find value in the mastering college to career academy so if you want to learn more a little bit about that academy go to mastering college to or just send me a message thank you so much for listening and catch you guys all on the next episode